This is Nerd Vomit, a work in progress. This show is called Nerd Vomit, and it is indeed a work in progress. This is a show that happens when the two hosts of No Plaz Just the Clap can't get together and we don't have any cushion episodes or any cushion audio. Anything from Denver Comic Con, Nandaisukan, Starfest, etc., etc. I'm Doug, one of the co hosts of No Applause, Just the Clap. I also host a couple other shows on the BAC network. So, this is a huge work in progress. Uh, this show was not meant to be thrown up as quick as it's going to be thrown up. Haha, <laughs> thrown up, vomit. I made it funny. Anyway. This show was made to be an interstitial thing, and it was something that Deb and I had planned when our situations kind of uh, required it. If one of us was busy or we couldn't get together, weather permitting, uh, two of those things happened. It was a planning issue and weather. And so the the, uh, theme song you heard is uh, the Sky version of Batman by Scooby and the Epitones. Uh, It may not survive. It was just a quick idea that I had for a different show. I threw it up. So the theme may change. Uh, the logo may change slightly. Um, this is still on the no applause, just the clap RSS. It will not have its own dedicated RSS unless, you know, it takes off then. Sure. Why not? If you are a regular listener to the show or any of our other shows, this is going to be kind of a pop culture equivalent of our show. Damn Doug's acute mental neuroses in which I talk about Whatever's bothering me that week. But this is more pop culture. This is what I've been watching. Um, So it's not a combination of me and the other co-host, Deb. It's mostly just about what, you know, I've been watching, what I've been taking in. And we're going to get right into it. Uh, The Runaways finale, Marvel's Runaways off of Hulu. Deb had tasked me with watching it, and she was supposed to watch it at the same time. She got two episodes in, and I finished it. So it's nice that I don't have to have any spoilers for her, even though she doesn't care. And of course, I'll write spoilers at the beginning of this episode because there are, yep, you guessed it, spoilers. So I finished The Runaways. Uh, It's fantastic. Deb had asked me um, on a previous episode which one I preferred more, Gifted or The Runaways. And they're two different type of shows. And Runaways is a lot more fun. Um, I liked it, having never read The Runaways comics uh, by Brian K. Vaughn. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised because it's finally a comic book show or movie or media that I don't have a whole lot of insight into. I knew that a character would, you know, have a pet dinosaur, and I knew that they would run away, um, and that their parents were, like, super villains. Uh, in the comics, I know that the parents aren't meant to be empathetic. You're not supposed to feel anything for them. Um, they're just bad guys, but in the show... They made the parents uh, a lot more accessible in terms of emotions. Uh, I love the finale. I cannot wait to see where it goes uh, to figure out what's underneath the site. Um, I believe in the comics it's like one of their giant gods, um, which if it is, that may prove fatal for one of the runaways. Um, It also seemed a little weird that uh, they really did set up a lot for the second season in terms of not only the cliffhanger endings, of the first season, but that you do have a message from the future uh, from one of the characters, Chase, and we'll see when he sends that. Uh, He looks radically different. You know that uh, in the footage from the future, L.A. collapses uh, into, you know, the apocalypse. So 
Uh, but I, I really liked Runaways. I thought it was well thought out, well paced. I know in the comics it's a bit more straight away with focusing on the kids and what they're going through, but to have B and C storylines with the parents and the mysterious Jonah, who's a benefactor of the pride of this group of, like, you know, evil parents. Um, I really, really liked it. Very sophisticated. I liked it. Next, uh, I saw a uh, podcast live. I went to go see Doug Loves Movies, which, despite its name, I have nothing to do with other than I listen to it and I like movies. It is a podcast hosted by the comedian Doug Benson, and I cannot recommend it enough, especially if you're into movies and movie trivia, which I am. Um... I went downtown, and I dragged my mom to it because she bought tickets for Eagles and Jimmy Buffett this summer, two bands which I hate, and I am getting dragged to that. So uh, her penance is to go see Doug Loves Movies um, a couple days ago, and I'm going to drag her to the Mother's Day episode in May. Seeing Doug Loves Movies for the first time live really, not to be glib, opened my eyes up to how much visual humor and space work is done on that show where sometimes they say like, well, for the listener and it's like, or, or they won't reveal like on purpose what happened on stage and to see it live was so exciting and so fun. Uh, the guests were Trey Gallion, um, an audience member named something or other. He was from Casper, Wyoming and, uh, Todd Glass, who was the headliner at the comedy works Denver that night. And it was a lot of fun. It was kind of a train wreck episode, I would say. Um, I'm not going to spoil who wins all the games. I'm not going to spoil any of that. Uh, it can be found on iTunes. It's the Denver episode that would have, uh, from February, I want to say 18th. I've been kind of off in time lately. Um, but it was a lot of fun. We'll go see it again. Uh, having never really been to a dedicated comedy show before, ever, um, I've been in bars where the comedy is happening. It's kind of just done at me. Um, I really liked it. It kind of awoke something. It's like seeing your first concert and going, oh, this is what live music can be in the, the audience and the interaction and the, you know, the, being able to see what's going on. Oh, I was so great. Um, I, I'm still a little high from it uh, in terms of emotional, not any kind of drugs. Um but I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Douglas Movies or DLM again in May. Next, I'm going to talk about Legends of Tomorrow, which returned from its mid-season hiatus just a couple weeks ago. The episode, which I am in the middle of watching the newest episode, but I'm going to talk about the episode before that, the return from the mid-season finale, in which uh, John Constantine, played by Matt Ryan, pops up, and they deal with Mollus being a demon. Um, I really liked it. My only issue with it um, would be that Mollus, the big bad for the season, is a demon as opposed to anything kind of time-based. Um, and it's a demon that can use time spells or spells that affect time. I would have liked it to be more of a, a time travel-based villain. Um, but, I mean, it's time travel and magic together. Very tricky to pull off. Legends is doing it amazingly ever since the middle of the second season, where they kind of figured out how to have a lot of fun and have these, you know, 80s and 70s episodes, and they figured out how, like, just how to have fun and how the characters can interact with each other. 
The newest episode, I'm only halfway through, is kind of a Groundhog Day-esque episode where one of the characters is trapped in a one-hour time loop. And I'm totally digging it. Once again, the show has been great, and I making it greater is Matt Ryan's John Constantine, who's one of my favorite characters from comics, uh, as well as one of my favorite characters from the CW shows, even though his show originally appeared on Fox, was canceled way too soon, just as it was getting good. Uh, but I'm glad that they've got Matt Ryan back. He popped up on Arrow a couple seasons ago. Now he's on Legends of Tomorrow, and I hope he actually just joins Legends of Tomorrow. That would be great to have a magic person there. Plus, the always charming... I mean, when they cast uh, Tom Ellis as Lucifer on Fox's Lucifer, Pitch Perfect casting. Same with Matt Ryan, and I just want more of it. And Lucifer is in the middle of its third season, and I don't have enough Constantine. So I need more magic, charming, British, handsome people in my life. That sounded weird. I watched Pitch Perfect 3. Man, talk about the laws of diminishing returns. Paper-thin plot involving, like, criminal espionage or, or criminal activity and, like, like seal ops. It, was, it wasn't great. Uh, the jokes were funny. Uh, I mean, Rebel Wilson still has perfect timing. Andrew Kendrick still charming. Uh, the girl who keeps saying weird shit. So funny. So very funny. But once again, it it just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't do anything anymore. It's not as charming as the first one was. And the first one was great. Um, I liked it. The second one was, was all right. My big thing about it, I guess the one nitpicky thing I have is when they go to the USO tour. Yeah, that happens. That the bands that are there, which there's one that's like a Lumineers-esque, and then there's this like lesbian punk band called Evermoist. I mean, that's a great joke in and of itself. And then there's like some like rappers um, that they're all like, oh, you only sing covers like acapella, like what? And then when you see the bands play in the USO shows, they're only playing covers. Like, and I, I get it. Like, if they played originals, it wouldn't make any sense in terms of the audience getting into it. I'm uh, the the movie going audience. But why, sh like, it makes no sense that they would shit on the acapella band, the Bellas, that they only do covers, and then when you see them, they're only playing covers. Now, given it could just be a snapshot of their show, and that's, like, the cover song they play amongst their other originals, but still it seemed like a weird thing that, uh, what's her name, Ruby Rose from uh, Orange is the New Black was, like, shitting all over Anna Kendrick, and like, yo, you only sing covers, and the only time we see them is doing covers. Uh, even in their riff-offs, which was amusing. Uh, but they do finally bring up the point, point that the Bellas keep starting these riff-offs, and they always lose, which I thought was a very fun joke. Lastly, wow, it's, it's, this show goes really fast when uh, there's no back and forth. I finished playing uh, Naughty Dog's Uncharted 4 for the PlayStation 4. Very satisfying ending. I was afraid that they were going to kill a main character, and they didn't. That's all I'm going to say on that. But a very satisfying ending, very emotional ups and downs on this game. I mean, from introducing the thought-dead estranged brother to the ending, where you kind of do have this, like, happy ending with Sam Drake, Nathan Drake, uh, Elena, and Sully. Um, great so I, I was thrilled. Uh, this is not the end of my Uncharted journey. I do have Uncharted. I think it's the last legacy, lost legacy. I call it the last lost or Uncharted 4.5, which uh, 
originally was a DLC or downloadable content, uh, and then they released it kind of as its own standalone game. Uh, it features Chloe and Nadine from uh, Uncharted 2 and Uncharted 4, respectively. And so far, the game mechanics are pretty much the same. Um, but still, the dialogue, the witty banter. I'm not quite sure of the plot. They're trying to track down Ganesh's tusk, which, okay, could be an artifact, but like that's like trying to say you're trying to find God's beard. Uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense in terms of like a treasure hunter archaeology slant. Uh, the show will probably go longer the next time I do it. I'm going to be working on brainstorming new segments. And Deb and I will be back next week. And uh, she's seen Black Panther. I still haven't. So that'll give me the time to see that. And we'll talk about that next week. In terms of this show's evolution, I do want to close out on that. Like I said, the theme may change. I'm going to try brainstorming new segments. I'm going to talk to Deb about doing segments like that. Obviously, um, if you have any suggestions... Uh, about what you want to hear or something that is missing from No Plaza, maybe I can fold into Nerd Vomit. Uh, please reach out to us uh, on Twitter at BACN Media. Facebook, I believe we're at BACN Podcast um, or info at BACNPodcast.com for email. I would love to hear your suggestions, anything you want to see. Um, I may not probably have guests on the show. I may not bring up games, but maybe I'll do like a fun facts segment. I'll do a, you know, kind of the look over the IMDb trivia for movies. I wish I would have thought of that before I started recording this. I'm not going to go back and do it now. But maybe next time I'll do like a little trivia corner type of thing. Um, and I'll talk more about like maybe what's out, what I'm excited about. Once again, I'm not going to go back and, and do that now. But see, if I just would have had the time, I would have thought of more segments. So, it's a work in progress, but I have high hopes for this show. I don't even have a sign-off. I don't. I mean, usually we just cut off on a, at the end of a good joke, uh, at the end of no applause, and I have a sign-off for Dam and Mr. Wright. So, um, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this kind of pilot attempt at Nerd Vomit. Ah. <laughs> That was gross. I, I won't do that next time. Sorry. If you liked this, check out some of our other shows like Mr. Right, Exotic Liability, and No Applause, Just the Clap. You can find us at www.bacnpodcast.com and by searching for BACN on iTunes and Stitcher. Yeah.